Oh, this is Murphy and Friends. Of course, Halima is here, and she has a particular uh, message she would like to share with you, uh, and especially if you have daughters, grandchildren, nieces, or just a neighbor in the next apartment. This is important. She, she wants to look at and challenge all of us how we should be treated. But women who get abused, no one sits around them and tells them how they should be treated. Before I left my apartment today, they had this young woman, they were showing how people are being trafficked in the U.S. And this young woman said, well, my family was very destructive, dysfunctional. So when I got with a man, I was used to being verbally and physically abused. And as you know, I taught at Lehman College for 35 years. In the last 10, I, I taught classes on women. And I, young woman would say, I like a man who's rough around the collar. Some would say, Professor, bitch, all bitch means is uh, that's how we talk to each other. But how come we have to be called bitches? I just want to know. So Halima is going to give us direction. Well, I, I'd like to talk about how we treat others and how we should be treated, um, as well as how we speak to others and how we allow others to speak to us. Um, first of all, language is learned. So the way you speak to someone is a learned behavior. Um, the way you treat someone is a learned behavior. So. If it's a learned behavior, that means you have the ability to change it. So let's just start there. That we all have the ability to change our behavior. And whatever behaviors that we may have that we are unaware of um, because we're acting unconsciously, there shouldn't be any guilt or shame involved in the fact that you may have been behaving in a way that you now see is... Um, not a way that you would like to behave. So oh, you at first you shouldn't feel guilty or ashamed of anything you've done because you were taught that. The other thing is living sometimes in the projects, the projects for some projects, the projects that I was raised in, Edenwall, have more people in Edenwall than a lot of places have in this country, have in their city. So that's what you know. Uh, you learn what you know. You've got to protect yourself. And as a kid, uh, people who lie say it was different in my day, no. There were some bad-ass girls out there who would get you by yourself, beat you up. Their M.O. was to knock your teeth out and rip your bra off, and you had to go home like that. So... Th if nobody stands up and say, you're not going to treat my daughter like that, I'm going to have you arrested. You learn what the streets tell you to learn, even if you don't want to be like that. And you get threatened the same way a rapist threatens a child. These girls, with, what you going to do? Because I'm going to blow your mama's head off and your daddy's too. So you at 12, 13, 14 years old have to make decisions that you should not have had to make as a young child. All I knew at a certain age, I didn't want to be in Eaton Mall anymore. And it wasn't because of all of the people, but there were groups of people that were unchained. So my thinking, thought process was not that of what it should have been. Uh, I don't know how God got me to where I am because I'm going to tell you, life was very rough. And parents, on the whole, I don't care if the parents had a drinking problem or the parents worked all day or the parents were holy, holy, they didn't sit down and talk to their daughters. They didn't say, uh, you don't have to put up with that. I heard I heard women being beat and cursed out. And when I moved in Edenwall, 
it was as much whites as blacks in there. I, I, I didn't know, is this right or is this wrong? Who tell? No one has ever sat me down or either just said, how about having a, a soda? Because then you had uh, little stores that had stools on and you can go for ice cream or something. But I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to let, this is Halima's day. I'm going to shut my mouth. Well, um, the projects is a good example of a toxic environment, number one, and of an environment where the dominant behavior is um, a negative one. Now, maybe stereotyping. I haven't been to all projects in all neighborhoods, but I do know in general that the projects are not um, places of thriving. Um, so the language and the learned behaviors there um, outside of your home for the majority of the other residents within the project is not conducive to you loving yourself, honoring yourself, loving others, and honoring others. So that's why I say you can't be mad at yourself for um, behaviors that you've done because they are learned from your environment, either in, in your household or outside of your household in the public amongst friends, um, other adults and things like that. So let's start with the word bitch. The word bitch is a English language verb that, that I mean noun, that describes a female dog, period. Now, if you don't consider yourself to be a female dog, why would you allow someone to call you a bitch? Now, I myself have hung around people who throw the word bitch around left and right. And then I caught myself calling somebody a bitch. And I, I checked myself on the spot. I apologized. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, you know where this is coming from because that's not in your vernacular. That's not in your lexicon. You don't throw these words around. And what happens as I worked in a school, as a school social worker, when I wasn't at Lehman College, what happens that little kids hear you? People's friends are over or whatever, and you've got to stop that because they get to pre-K, and they know they know how to how to say it, it's how to say it to make it sting. They know the context. That's right. They know how to use it. Yes, um, especially around kids. Uh, these days, kid people have their kids on YouTube and on Facebook and Instagram speaking like they are adults. I mean, cursing people out, um, you know, using all manner of vulgarity. And, you know, it's really sad. And they're teaching these children that that's okay and that, you know, it's funny. And I'm not lying. It, I'm not lying. It may be funny. But it's not cute, and it's not proper. My daughter, and children should not speak like that. My daughter told me yesterday that one of her students, she's at the board. Uh, well, students will fight a teacher now, but one of her students uh, used a whole bunch of vulgarity, and she had to check him and say, you know, you're very smart, but... That kind of language will get you into jail. Because she's in uh, what middle school, they call it now. Mm -hmm. So the kids can be 16 years old, 14, 15, 16. And we don't realize what we're teaching our children. And our boys see us too. So if the father calls a mother a bitch, when the boy gets mad at his girlfriend, well, you bitch. That's how they say it. They talk to, you know, you'll talk to anyone that way. So the word bitch is now used as 
a noun <laughs> to describe any female. That's it. Mm-hmm. Any female is a bitch, is a hoe. Um, e- either word you want to use, I mean, it's thrown around like nothing. And what people don't understand is words have power. Those are degrading words. There's no way you can call someone a bitch and have respect for them. So that's where we have to start. How do you, what is respect? Respect is treating someone in a way that shows that you care about them. Well, I, I, in, in my time, I know a lot of people, some are the same age, some are much younger. Uh, I didn't see kids killing themselves. They might be beat up and all of that, but they didn't kill themselves. I think everybody saw on TV this week where this uh, child who is a little person crying so badly that he said, talked about how to kill himself. I'm going to stab myself. I'm going to jump off a roof. He had a whole list because we are a society. You, you say respect. I don't, they, I, I'm in tears thinking about that child because you know that your child is going through the same thing. Because that's the key. The key is is respect. Um, when you respect someone, you don't use certain language when you speak to them. Just like as a child, most of us, at least in my generation, were, were taught to respect our parents, were, were taught to respect elders. And you could think whatever you want to think, but you better not let it fly past your lips. So when you respect someone, that means you hold them in a high regard. And people say, oh, you got to give respect to earn respect. And that's not true. That's a bunch of BS. I've seen five years old say, I don't have to respect her because my mama said they got to respect me. Are you kidding me? You will never get a job. You will end up somewhere where you don't want your child to be because your child does not know how to respect people. Do you don't think that the people, Halima and I, like everybody we see? But they, they have some controls over. I try to carry myself so that I'm respectful, but that you know, a lot of people might not care. But when we teach our children, you don't have to respect anybody. Are you joking me? Yeah, so respect is, is a thing that adds to your self-value and your self-worth. So just because somebody disrespects you doesn't mean you disrespect them because you value yourself. And how you treat people matters to you. So even if that person mistreats you, you still are not going to disrespect them. Now, that doesn't mean be a fool. That doesn't mean allow somebody to abuse you Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But it's an internal game. It's about how you feel about yourself and what your personal boundaries and limits are. So when it comes to speaking and using language and codes of conduct and how we should treat each other, it's just a basic level of speaking to someone as if they matter. Would you share with me, because I called myself always a street social worker. I never want to be a social worker where I, we're in a little room and I said, well, how, what do you think of this? How do you react to that? I was in the street with the people. But now, in the last three or four years, I'm afraid of the children who walk around punching a 92 years old woman in the head and she was in the hospital and she eventually died. But he raped her too, you know. Punching, was it last week or the beginning of this week, a 77-year-old woman, and she held onto that pocketbook. She says, I ran after him. What, what are our, who's teaching our children? Well, the issue, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a deeper issue. And that goes, you know, way beyond, way beyond the, the boundaries of, of what we're speaking about today, because that's a whole nother, um, area, (laughs) you know, 
these people, obviously, a lot of them really are mentally ill because you have to be mentally ill to do something like that. But if you're Um, in a relationship, let's say you got a 15 years old daughter and she's in love, he's so cute, he's so this and that, and he starts to call her a bitch. We're talking about the same first thing. First time. Uh, first and he time. Punches you, her. You get one time. And, you know, it goes back to, like I said, your environment you grew up in and what you were taught. If nobody ever taught you that a person can't put their hands on you, if nobody ever taught you that you should be spoken to in a certain manner by anyone, um, and within the home, you are spoken to with respect. Even though you're the child, you're still spoken to with respect. If those things never happen, then you don't know what's what. You don't know it's not okay to be called a bitch because everybody else is being called a bitch. You don't know it's not okay to get punched in your face because everybody else is being punched in the face or your mother was punched in the face or your sister was punched in the face or your cousin was punched in the face. So... It's about starting with having the conversation like we're having today about what does it mean to be respected and what do you deserve. To be respected is to be treated as if you matter and as if someone cares about you. That's to be respected. So any action, any words, any behaviors that don't align with you feeling like you matter or that somebody cares about you, there's no respect there, and then you have to move on. When your daughter was 15, because she's not too much past 15 now, did you have that discussion? Yes, I had conversations with my daughter from when she was nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't want to traumatize them too early. No. But... I've had conversations with my daughter, different types of conversations as she got older and the 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 brashness and the straightforwardness of the conversations got stronger as she got older because I wanted her to understand what she deserved, what she shouldn't tolerate, and you know what I was expecting of her as a young lady. She and nobody school. taught me that. Neither did I. Neither did I. She went to school away from you, right? No, she went to school. We, we lived home. She lived home. Oh, I thought she You mean she, in college? Yeah. Oh, in college, yes. Yes. So now my 17, 18 years old daughter is going to college. Mm-hmm. How do we really prepare them? Because in the black community, some do, but a lot still don't talk about you have to respect yourself you have to have whoever you're engaged with whoever friend family foe whoever and now (laughs) now she's by herself we hear about at least once a month some college student has been beat up or killed by her partner what are we talking about these babies haven't even started life Because the mistake that's made is, like we just said, the first time. There is no second and third strike when it comes to certain things. And that's what we have to teach our children, male or female, because some of these, some boys um, end up in abusive abusive relationships. Some boys end up with women that are so disrespectful to them. So... Uh, you know, we have to teach our boys and our girls. But it starts Absolutely. with you telling your child the first time somebody calls you out their name. There's no sorry for that. I will see you on the rebound. <laughs> we are done. The first time, some no play fighting. I taught my daughter that. That's right. Don't No play fighting. Because right. when she was in junior high school, they like to kick and hit and play fight. I told her somebody put your foot on you, you break their ankle. Don't allow anybody to put their foot on you. Don't allow anyone to call you out your name. And there's no such thing as play fighting because play fight leads to real fight. Somebody putting your their foot on you is disrespectful and it means that they think you're below them and anybody call you out your name, 
you let them know. Don't speak to me like that. That's right. And she has gone to high school and gone to college where, you know, everybody's calling each other a bitch and a hoe and this, that, and the other. And some of her closest friends who she remained friends with, but she told them, you can't talk. Don't don't call me a bitch because I don't call you a bitch. Don't call me a hoe because I don't call me a Oh, ha, 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 ha. You know I'm playing. And she'd be like, no, don't play with me like that. But I think and it's guess good that what? she says that because they won't do it again. They don't do it again. And guess what? They're still friends. Of so course. they will but laugh she, she and bitch and hoe with everybody else, but they won't do it with her. So what does she that tell you? Them. She taught them that even if she doesn't say it like that, you got to respect me. So when they get called that, your daughter gave them a lesson. You may not think it is, but now they know. Because when I was a kid, and I heard everybody say it. And I think this girl was Sharon Lucia said it to me. I would say the word nigger all the time. That's what I heard. Mm -hmm. And she said, why do you say that? Mm -hmm. Don't say that. You know what? I don't say it. And I was maybe 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. I know I was in high school. And I don't say that word. Mm -hmm. She said, ask the question, why do you say that? That's another word, the, the N-word. That's right. That's another word that's used ubiquitously. I mean, just out of order all the time. Absolutely. In, in any setting. And we also have to remember that there are people out here calling their two and three and four yes. year old bitch and nigga. Get over here, you little motherfucker. Yes, Get over yes, here, yes, yes, you yes, little yes. bitch. Get over here, you nigga. I don't even sound right saying it because I don't speak like that. <laughs> but I, I hear it. Look at that I hear it in the, in, in the street with little people. And, you Absolutely. know, I have one of those, those I'm, I'm reactive when it comes to that type of thing. So if I see somebody saying that, I automatically say something. One day I'm going to get my ass whipped because I'd certainly automatically say something. I'm like, oh, oh, sweetie, she, you know, do whatever the child that just important. doesn't that, understand uh, yeah, you. That was important because it helped. Maybe nobody told her how to parent. How many people sit down, certainly not what I saw, and tell you how to parent? All of my friends had children way before I did. And they would sit, you sit there on, on the potty. You better sit there. What are you talking about? They can't, they don't, they, they can't control themselves just by saying, can we control ourselves? Now, let me tell you, you better sit there until you, <laughs> was, I never did it. But we don't have people to tell us that. No, and I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here with angel wings thinking I walked on water and there weren't things that I did as a parent that oh, yeah. I regret. There are things that I've done and I haven't been a perfect tell, parent. Tell you? She don't even remember. I remember the things and she doesn't. Funny enough. But um I learned from them. And the I under, I understand that the reason why I did the things I did is because I was taught to do that. And uh, no one, and no one like that young woman, Sharon Lucian, stopped me and said, "Hey, so you're doing it because that's all you knew." I knew about that toilet stuff. I was, and parents get mad. You know the scrapey ICs that you see. Yes. And, and the shaved uh, ice, yeah. And so I went to buy one. It was summertime, and this woman had like three little kids, and one of them dropped it. Girl, you would, what she, you would have thought that that child. And she went off, I said, miss, here, get him another icy. But what what is that child hearing? That I'm all those things? Well, you know, a lot of mothers, just parents in general, but I'm gonna speak on mothers, um, are living in high stress situations. They are constantly. Oh, I understand that. I, constantly. I their whole life, they live in, in stress mode. So they're reactive. Any little thing is going to set them off because the things that they've been through or the things that they're experiencing or the, or the things that they feel they have the inability to change mm -hmm. are paramount in their life. And so they're reactive. So that's why we see these kids being abused. And, mm -hmm. you know, we see kids having kids and then abusing those kids. 
Um, and my upbringing was was really rough. Bless Nobody you. taught me how to respect myself. Um, everybody taught me that I was disposable. That you know, if I if if they didn't like me, they'd ship me off to somewhere else. That's how I was raised. Um, and yeah. Um, that does not give you a sense of value. So, so where did you get it from? These are the circumstances that people grew up in. That's right. You That's know, right. I'm I'm going to give it all to God. And I know a lot of people don't want to talk about God, don't believe in God, but you know, besides the fact that thank God I'm I have I was born with intelligence because that that has you know, I'm well aware that has nothing to do with me. Who did I you talk know, to yesterday? That's a genetic thing. Yeah, but nothing to do with you. I've been able to 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 learn and grow and you know, um I believe that God has something to do with it. And also I'm a I'm a I'm a very sensitive and compassionate person. So I think that helps me. Um as well, and like I said, that's genetics too. You know, there's certain things about you that you that you're born with. So I was lucky enough to be born with those two things. But I've been able to use them and to be able to adapt to any situation, and always, you know, not to say I don't get depressed because I have been depressed. I have been suicidal um, because of things that have happened to me in my life, but. Um, I'm still here, that's so right. I've been able to adapt and, and grow, and that's what I've tried to impart uh, upon my daughter, especially since I had sickle cell, and I was not sure if I was going to live for her to be an adult, so I was constantly trying to teach her everything that I could while I was still alive, but thank God she's 23 and I'm still here. But I wasn't sure that that would be the case. Um, I, I was the same. I was exactly the same. And I certainly didn't want some of the people who raised me raise my children. Because I knew that stuff was dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. But my pastor said, he said, God has a plan for you, even though you don't know it. Mm -hmm. He says, he has a plan for you from the time you've been born. And maybe, but he said that last year, the year for last. And that's why we go through some of the trials we go through. Yes. Both of us have sickle cell yes. uh, audience. Uh, Use your broken pieces. That's what I say. I love that. Use your broken pieces. I hope the children out there, because... Children have to know that they're not the only ones who come from communities that are dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. The stuff that I saw, my kids would have no idea of some of the stuff I saw. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Same thing with my daughter. Uh, and uh, for me to be where I am now, that just still doesn't mean that I don't have my ups and downs. Mm hmm but God sure had a plan for me. If you could have told this project girl at 17, 18, 20, you will teach out of college, you will, people will listen to you, you could, you're gonna have a degree. I never, I didn't know anybody who had a degree. Could you imagine that? Of course I can, because I, I didn't either. <laughs> I, I, you know, I didn't know how to go through school either. Mm -hmm. Everything. So a lot of people would ask me, what should you do here, here, here? And I felt it was because God said, listen, you can do it. Put your mind to it. So I'd help them. You got to fill out the financial mm -hmm. aid. You got to take these kind of subjects and that kind. What you learned. Yes. And, and, and uh, I think he was absolute. God has a plan for you. And maybe as a social worker, I had to go through what I went through because how can I have... Empathy for another person. Empathy and compassion, yes. If I haven't gone through it. Sometimes parents come into a school, they are so angry, and I understand that. But I'm not going to be the one to say, well, Miss Jones, you didn't do A, B, C, and D. No, I say, would you like to have a cup of tea? Mm -hmm. Let's that, start there. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that throws it off. Put us on the same level. Yeah, because right. 
all they get from people that are supposed to be in positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the finger pointing, yeah. Yeah, but you don't know, uh, as a social worker, I had to be in a lot of different schools because if somebody is in there, I got to cover right. You don't know how some of these secretaries talk to you. You are, mm-hmm. You're the same worker that they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm here because of A, B, and C. Sal! So if you talk to me like that, I know how you talk to parents. And the children, for That's that matter. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So the, 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 there's, a, there's a thing that, that There's I, a correlation, yeah. Definitely a correlation, but there's a thing that I like to say, which is, what's your personal code of conduct? So let's bring it back to respect. Respect for yourself old, and respect you, for others. I don't know what you're talking about, a code of conduct. So a personal, so down, co- a personal code of conduct is very simply, what ways is it okay for you to behave? Everybody can understand that. What ways is it okay for you to behave? What passes do you give yourself? What are the rules that you govern yourself by? What are the rules that you listen to for yourself, that you tell yourself, I will not do this, but I will do that. I will not say this, but I will say that. That's the personal code of conduct. How do you act? It's already in somebody's head. But I was social working, and I would ask girls, Kalima, tell me what's pretty about yourself. And they couldn't answer. No, they could not answer. They can tell me what's bad about all the time. I don't think I ever got one kid to say, well, I, I can draw well or I can do this well. I can tell you what's wrong about me. I said, I didn't ask you that. I asked you, what is good about yourself? Mm-hmm. So when you tell a child, what is your code of conduct? Because see, by... 11 years old, that's already embedded in them that mm-hmm. there's nothing good about me. But then you give them a list. It's, it's not what's good about you. It's about it's what is okay for you to do and what is not okay for you to do. I agree, but I have to survive on 187th Street where every weekend I see somebody dead in the street. And this list will help you survive. This list will help you survive because I understand that. I mean, listen, I grew up in Harlem, 140th Street and 7th Avenue. I saw shootings. I saw drug dealings. I walk in the building and smell crack from people standing in the stairwell smelling crack, smoking crack. I'd walk in the building and down the street and be kicking crack vials. I've seen people I know murdered dead out on the street in the rain. So, I know about bad environments. How did you get out of it? I was a mess. People see me now, they wouldn't know all the stuff I've done and all the things I've been through. So, oh. So you said you're a mess. I'll tell you the craziness that went on at Edenwall. If you don't see anything different, it's very different, difficult to be different. Absolutely. And uh, when people talk about there were shootings, when I was a kid, at least one year and one year, the kids that I grew up with, at least five were dead. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I hear people say, oh, this, no, no, no. It was like that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. We shoot each other up, get mad. This, there was this kid called Big Sims. He had every male child scared. He'd pick out his gun and, you know, threaten kids with it. I guess about three years later, he was dead because people are scared of you. So they're going to get you before you get them. And how do you teach? I just got completely out of it. When I turned 18, 19, I lived with my father. Then I came and I, 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 I would, how they say, couch surf. 
because I know that craziness. I've done that. I've done that. Yeah. It is not what I want to be. And I knew that you only see the women that are very out there because everybody else is working. And what I saw, I didn't know, I knew that it was wrong, but I didn't have anyone to tell me where to go. Well, that's why we're having this conversation because a, a personal code of conduct is what can save you in those situations. So we, there was something in us, you and I, that kept us going. We can't even, as you see, we cannot articulate it because <laughs> we don't know what it was. So we just going to call it spirit and leave it right there. But what if um, you don't feel that connection? So then you need to have, start to develop and help your children start to develop a way that they say this is okay for me to do and that's not okay for me to do. And nobody's telling me that, but I'm making this decision for myself. So I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to call people um, out of their names. I'm not going to put my hands on anybody. And I'm not going to do these things to other people because I don't want these things done to me. And if these things are done to me, I'm going to stand up for myself. Just what you said. Then I would ask, a young girl, 11, 10, 12, because you want to embed this in their system. What don't you like what people might be doing to you? That's a whole nother thing than, to, than say uh, what's good about you. But what don't you like that people do? Maybe calling you out your name. We have a habit of calling people, you black N-I-G. Stupid. Oh, absolutely. Um, when I was raising my children, dumb. They couldn't use words like that. Um, uh, what else? And they um, don't use it today. They could not use words. Other, like other. Stupid I, and I dumb. used to call people. Oh, you so stupid. <sighs> you know, because that when I was raised, that's what they said to me. But it was like, but it stupid it as said. in silly, like ha ha. But my ex-husband didn't like that I said that because he always felt like he was stupid and he was always treated like he was stupid. And I would call him that like in jazz, like like you're a joker. But every time I said it it cut him and it 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 um brought him down. You know? So like I said, I've learned these things from experience. As we become adults, we start yes. learning. So you, you know, you, you, as you grow and you learn and you say, okay, well then I've developed over the the years this personal code of conduct because I have not always had a personal code of conduct. Let's not get it twisted. Um, then it's your duty, your responsibility to share that with other adults and children. So that people can start to think differently, start to behave differently. And that is the point of life, right? We go through things. God willing, we survive most of them because we all go end up dead at some point. And we are available. We make ourselves available to share our experiences so that someone else can grow from it before they have to go through it. It's possible to grow through something before you have to go through it. If somebody can share something with you before you have that experience, then you can grow right through it because you're just going to bypass it. Well, many of the young people that are your age. uh, And I'm not a young person. Yes, she is. <laughs> uh, remember the building that I used to live in in Edenwall. Uh, we're talking nice, but you know, for a lot of people, it's not real. This young woman took her two children up to the roof, so we can we know what the other part of the story is. Mm-hmm. That's fourteen flights. So if the roof, that's fifteen flights. That's desperation. That's mental illness. That's hopelessness. Anytime that you see or hear a child or an adult has 
actually taking their own life, meaning they had the balls to do it and do it right. That See, means I don't know what that person's they were suffering. Yes. They were hopeless and, you know and they we were do, in a huge amount of pain. Rather than to embrace you, every time you see that girl, she's this and that. Con condemnation. Yeah. Condemnation. But there's very few of us to say, I try to say it as much as possible. If you want to talk anytime you want to talk, here's my phone number. And it's okay to have gotten it wrong. That's a Lima talk, it's not me. I'm so glad that we have a young woman with such intellect and maturity because very often we meet young people who are saying, when are they gonna get it right? And it takes time to get it right. And uh, I don't know this young woman, but I know what some of the people did in Edenwalk sit up on the bench and talk about A and talk about B as if their lives were perfect. And nobody wants to get up off the bench because they know they're going to be talked about. And that's very painful to a lot of people. Instead of saying, let me hold your hand. Let's have some tea. That worked for me so well when I was in the streets as a social worker. Uh, one time it was... It was the coldest day in January one year. And this young woman came because she had an appointment with me with flip-flaps. It's not for me to condemn. It was for me to go downstairs, get my sneakers that I kept in the car, and give it to her. And then besides that, she had on one of them thin wind blowers, whatever you call it. So being on Tremont Avenue is wonderful because you can go get some stuff. For little or nothing. And I usually never carry 20 with me. And I had $20 and the coat cost 20 That's what we had to do. And she started following me back to the school. She said, no one's ever done this for me. If we can touch somebody, right now I have cans of food in my car because our church gives this to people who may not have anything. They, I'm in service, serve the seniors. SOS, ser serving oh, old seniors, I don't know. And we talk about, well, you know, we went to Miss Jones' house and there was nothing in the refrigerator. Maybe we should have our children also be helpful to Miss Jones so they can understand, so they don't have to be in that situation or if they are, that somebody will extend their hand to them and tell them what life is about. You have your ups, you have your downs, but don't let your downs determine who you are. And that is to bring it back to how you speak to people, how you treat people, and your personal code of conduct. How you speak to people with compassion, mm -hmm. with love, can save somebody's life. Absolutely. How you treat someone with compassion, with integrity, with love, with respect, can save someone's life. How you walk through your life, day to day, the words that fly out of your mouth, mm. whether it's towards someone else or even yourself. Sometimes we call ourselves stupid. We call ourselves dumb. Um, you know, we speak down to to ourselves. I when, when I see a person doing that, whether they're 15 or 45, I said, then I don't have to say anything bad about you because you already said it about yourself. And, and that's the case, you know. Um, the reason why all of these things we're speaking about are able to happen is because I don't have to be, I can beat up on you, but it's only because you've already been beating up on yourself. That's right. If that's, right. that's not the case, then you, then you wouldn't allow it. So back to, you know, young women and young men and 
respect um, somewhere, somehow, that got lost in the sauce. Um, you know, either the pendulum swings right or it swings left. It's never just right in the middle. So, you know, we had we had an era where there was it was nothing but respect and you know things were drilled into you hard and you know or beaten into you hard and um we left that era to all the way left where you know you can speak to anybody any old kind of way and treat anybody any old kind of way because nobody else matters so we have to swing back but to the middle and teach our kids that there's a way that you speak to people and there's a way you allow people to speak to you. There's a way that you treat people and there's a way that you allow people to treat you. And standing up for yourself and not allowing certain things is not a bad thing. And also, you can't be afraid that if you do stand up to people and if you don't allow certain things, you're going to lose that person as a friend or as a uh, family member or a boyfriend or girlfriend. If they're really a friend, you setting boundaries is not going to interfere with that friendship. If they really love you as a family member, you setting boundaries is not going to interfere with that relationship. Is If they really love you as a spouse or a girlfriend, a boyfriend, fiance, any kind of romantic partner, you setting boundaries is not going to interfere with that relationship. If anything, it's going to make it stronger. And if you setting boundaries does interfere with that relationship, then it's a relationship that you do not need to take part in and you have to be okay with what would that. You 12 years, tell your 12 years old self? What would you tell them? Uh, when you my, were 12, what I, would you tell that child? I feel for my 12 year old self. My poor 12 year old self was so sad and hurt yes. and lonely. Um, I would tell my 12 year old self that you're beautiful and you can make it and you're strong and dedicate yourself you're smart stay in school go to high school finish high school go to college finish college I would tell my 12 year old self don't be out here messing around with these boys that don't care nothing about you. That's what I would tell my 12-year-old self. You'd have to say it over and over again because if you don't say it over and over again, you start, you put on the clothes that other people see you as yes. rather than who you see yourself as. Yes. And we, uh, I hope people are listening out in the world because... Children watch you. They watch who you associate with. And too many times we put down children, especially when you break up with your partner. You're just like your father. He ain't nothing and you ain't going to be nothing. Those are some harsh things. And, and it's a constant thing that we say. Oh, my mother was good for that. My mother was good for calling me a red bitch. My mother was good for um, telling me I'm just like my father. I think I'm white. Um, a snake. That was her dislike for herself. All these things she used to, she used to um, to say. She even told me she wished I was dead because I had a sister that yes. died from sickle cell. Yes. So she even told me that I she wished that. I died instead of my sister. So. Like I said, <laughs> I've been through some things, but I'm still here. So and there's a reason why you're here. Yeah, so that I, I can share my story so right. that I can help other people know that, yeah, you go through things and pain is, 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 is horrible, 
but you can learn from it. You can grow from it. It's always going to be with you. It's always going to hurt you. Even now, my eyes are welling up. So that pain is still there, and it's always going to be there. But you can use it to help other people. And that was God's plan for you. Look at me. I've had sicknesses. I've had to do a whole bunch of things, but I'm here. But a whole bunch of people are not here. Absolutely. And you're, you're always leading. You're always encouraging others. You're always supporting others and, and upliving, uplifting others. And I have a lot of respect for you. And I'm glad that we've been able to spend this time together and really get to know each other and each other's stories. If you want to contact either Selene, Halima or myself, I'm going to give you my uh, email number. I do not do texts and all that, so don't try to find out my, what is that, cell number. But my email is tnona45 at gmail.com, tnona45 at gmail.com. I think this has been a very, very important uh, discussion because you can be as poor as, as they say, a church mouse and raise your child up for your child to be anything they want to be. Uh, I remember, well, it was my, my oldest kid's friend from high school. They, he had a friend that, the friend and the brother and the mother lived in a shelter. Both of them got uh, scholarships to go to some of the best colleges in the land. So be, my saying is, because I'm poor, because I may not be able to buy a hundred or $200 pocketbook, and I know these days that's a cheap pocketbook, but because of that does not mean that I can't give something to my child. Remember parents, we've all done something wrong, but if you hear me, Hug that child. Yeah, kids did something wrong. I do things wrong. Hug that child and tell that child, I love you. I used to tell my children, uh, you mean the world to me. Sun and the moon. Tell them that. They need to hear because you know what? Children know whose parents, whose whose friends' parents don't tell them that. And my house was the do drop in. So if you were hungry, I don't ask no questions. You feed, you're fed. That's why my best friend, Edith, I hope you hear me out there, her family did that for me. So thank you. Halima wants to say something. Well, thank you for listening. Um... My email is Halima, H-C-1 at yahoo.com. That's H-A-L-I-M, like Michael, A-H-C, like Charles, 1 at yahoo.com. So great.